Welcome to this special guest episode of the Texas Podcast. I'm Mark Rodell, and today I'm going to be talking to a good friend of mine who I've known for a number of years, Craig Allen, also known as the Black Knight. Craig has got a huge wealth of experience in the IT and technology sector, and he's going to be sharing some of that with you today. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Of course, if you haven't already subscribed or followed the podcast, please remember and do that so that you're notified of any future episodes. Let's jump right into the chat with Craig just now. Enjoy. Welcome to TechSess, the show that provides the information you need to know so that technology can help your business to be more successful. Craig, for people that don't know who you are and what you do and stuff, maybe give us a bit of a, an intro to yourself and your business. My business is Different Mindset Limited, and I set Different Mindset up with a view to providing uh, business consulting services to IT and managed service providers and other tech companies as well. Uh, I've spent 25 years in the IT industry. Don't look older. Quite a bit of experience. (laughs) Thank you very much. And so a lot of experience there to share, but a lot of my experience has been spent on operations and management side of things, uh, directorship in more recent years, I've been through 18 months of training, for instance, on the entrepreneurial operating system, which is an American business methodology that transforms the way small and medium businesses work. So really, I just want to get working with tech businesses and act as a mentor, advisor, and supporter for them moving forward. What's quite interesting is having your speaking on TechSess is that because, as you said, you don't come from like a traditional like an IT tech background you see at that viewpoint of technology and how it interfaces with businesses you know and how businesses can get the best out of technology which is what TechSess is all about here. Obviously you've worked you know with numerous other like managed service providers other IT companies and you've seen probably the good the bad and the ugly in terms of it comes to technology and and also the way that businesses have used technology and things but one of the things that I think is a huge challenge for a business and I always say to a potential new customer that I would never relish being in a position of having to choose an IT provider I think choosing an IT provider is an absolute nightmare situation because as you know we're in an unregulated industry which is one of the, my biggest frustrations with our world is that it is unregulated it's not like you know an electrician or a plumber or an accountant or a solicitor where you're looking for certifications people know what certifications yeah. like if someone is gas safe registered as a plumber you know they can do the job right but yeah. in our industry is very unregulated so i always say to like i said potential customers that it's very difficult choosing an it provider and so the question I had was, what is your best advice for any business owner or responsible IT person in the business for choosing an IT provider? What things do you think they should look out for? And maybe some of the kind of red flags that you should maybe avoid. Okay, big question. Uh, <laughs> I know you're up to I, it. I, That's why I ask you the big questions. Well, you, well, let's find out, shall we? First things first, I, I would always put relationships first. So do you like the people? Do you get on with them? because that's always a great starting point. But you touched on some of the answers yourself here as well, because you're right, it is an unregulated industry, but there are a lot of super and uber professional organisations out there who spend time and invest money in training and education for their teams to get certifications, whether that's Microsoft certifications, whether that's uh, cybersecurity, IASME certifications, or whether it's even something as advanced as ISO. All of these things point professional thinking organization 
they're prepared to put their time and their money where their mouth is. I, I would look for an organisation that's got some or all of these accreditations and certifications, and then the decision-making factor should be made on the basis, do you get on with the people that you're going to be interacting with? You know, you don't have to like everybody in the company, but if you're going to be dealing with the owner of an IT business or the technical director of an IT business, then they are the people that you want to make sure you've got a strong, open and honest relationship with, someone that you can go to for advice and you know that they will give you direct advice, you know, no rubbish, just they will give you honest, open advice. I think most professional MSPs are in that position. So it probably comes down to personality then as to who fits in with your style. I, I talk a lot in, in recent years about the importance of a business's core values, and I'm amazed at how many businesses don't have them. And core values are, are about, a lot of companies hire in, for instance, a, an HR consultancy to help them create core values, but that's, you have no core values, they're just exercises. Core values come from the heart and the passion of a business's owner or owners. They are what you want to be seen for, what you want to be recognised for, what you want to achieve in your business, and what you want to achieve for your people within the business. So they should be real powerful. And once you've got them in place, then you should hire on, fire on, promote on, reward on your core values. But likewise, you should also hire or, or take on new clients that fit in with your core values. Because if they don't, they're going to create hassle for you further down the road. So always be prepared to reject new customers if they don't fit in your core values. And I would say the same for businesses looking for a, an MSP. Look at their core values. Look and see if they fit in with your core values. Is their culture compatible with yours? And if it is, then the chances are you've found the right one. I was just going to add, and you've already you kind of already said it, which is it's important that it, it goes both ways because it is very much a relationship. So it's important Absolutely. that the MSP, the IT company, brings on customers that they know fit with them too, because otherwise there's always going to be friction. And okay, you might get by for a while, but eventually, you know, it's never going to work out, right? So that's hugely important. And we've always believed that in an unregulated world, you kind of have to set your own standards. The reality is, is you kind of, you make a commitment to do these things and you think, well, does anyone really care? Like, does any, is it going to make a difference to any customers or not? And it's sometimes very difficult to put your finger on it, whether it actually does or not, because quite often people never ask. I always think it's interesting in the sales process that people never ask you. What are your accreditations? Do you have any certifications? No, they, really, they, do, they don't. Yeah. And, and so I think right. you have to you have to put them out to people and actually show people that you have these things. Don't read a testimonial written down. Make sure you ask to speak to a couple of their customers. And Absolutely. what I always do is I always try and get a customer that's a similar size or similar makeup and of the organisation to yeah, the industry. Yeah. Yeah, and also a customer that's maybe a bit larger than they are, because no one wants to change IT provider very often, right? It's like changing banks. Like sometimes people see it as a bit mm -hmm. of a, an inconvenience. So you don't want to be doing it every six months or every year. So I think it's important that if your business is growing, you want the MSP to demonstrate that they can continue to support you as you get bigger. Because I think one of the main reasons why people, well, I've seen that people, you know, just make a decision to change IT provider is businesses say we feel like we've outgrown our current provider. That's a phrase I've heard probably more than anything. I've heard it, yeah. yeah, we I've feel like we've outgrown things. them. We don't feel that, 
like they're big enough to look after us now or they don't feel like they're able yeah. to offer us the services that we need now because what's happened is is the business came on board they had 10 staff and now they've got 32 staff and the IT provider hasn't really yeah. grown much and you know you're saying that you've heard that as well it's probably the single biggest thing I've heard when a potential client starts to talk to an MSP in most cases certainly in my experience very quickly what they'll find is that there is a an obvious passion and love for what the MSP does. They love technology. They all love technology, and they and they love using technology to help their clients. And, and I, I actually wrote something quite recently about how I think in twenty one twenty two that MSPs are actually going to be right at the cusp of helping clients and businesses to grow because technology, because of the the, the way we're all moving to the cloud. I, I think MSPs are going to be able to help drive businesses forward and support them to get secure, consistent growth because of the relationship that they have. And that's the importance of A, finding the right one. But when you find the right one, listen to them. They're experts. You know, you ask your clients to listen to you and your expertise, listen to an MSP. If you find the right MSP, the expertise they can provide to you is off the charts. I agree. Of course, I'm going to agree. Yeah, funnily enough. <laughs> funnily enough. And of course, you've mentioned a couple of like articles and things that you've written, Craig, so we'll make sure we share links to those. Off air before this, we had a good chat about shadow IT and how this is going to basically blow up and become quite a big thing for IT companies and for businesses to, to think about. So maybe you can give a bit of a brief overview and shadow IT, what it is, why it's a problem and what we need to do about it. Yeah, again, I write a lot about shadow IT and I'm amazed at how many MSPs and IT companies that I've spoken to over the last six months who up until recently had never heard the phrase. Shadow IT is a, a term that encompasses anything from software-as-a-service products, home computers, tablets, mobile phones, even USB hard drives. The, the, the common theme with them is that these are products or services that are both unknown to the owners of a business, but especially they're unknown to IT departments or to MSPs because they remain largely invisible. Well, they, they remain entirely invisible in most cases, particularly with software-as-a-service. I read an article recently that suggested that almost 90% of all data breaches now were as a, a direct result of unauthorized software as a service products. Wow. And that's huge. So I, I would say that shadow IT uh, over the, the next 12 to 18 months is going to become the buzzword in IT circles at large, but especially the MSPs who are trying to protect their clients from things that they don't know about or that are invisible. And in fact, the IT company doesn't know they're there either. There's a whole process to go through of finding what these products are and, and how many of them there are. And both clients and MSPs will be shocked by the amount of them that are out there that are unauthorized and potentially damaging or seriously, critically damaging to their clients' businesses. Yeah. The Texas 10. Just fire you through the Texas 10 questions, Craig. So 
answer these as quick as you can. I think you get the best answers when you don't spend too much time thinking about it. And um, just as a okay. bit of fun, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what your answers are. So here we go. So if you had £100 million to spend, what would you spend it on? I think I'd like to become quite philanthropic with it and see what I can do to help others. Obviously, it's going to give me a bit of financial security, but with that amount of money, then there's so many other people and businesses and organisations in the world that you can help and make a difference, make a change. I kind of thought you'd say something like that about wanting to help other people and make a change. You know, I kind of know you well enough it's, to say that. It's in my nature. What is one of the most important things that you've learned in your life? Building relationships in business or in personal life is the way forward. And without relationships, then your life's just an empty shell, in my opinion. Does pineapple belong in pizza? Aye. <laughs> I've seen your posts on this and, and I love ham and pineapple pizzas, so it does, yes. Yeah, well, you know, I think we've always talked about sharing a whiskey one day. We'll definitely share the whiskey, but I don't think we'll ever be sharing a pizza anytime soon. <laughs> no, we can have we can have separate pizzas. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll get a half and half. <laughs> Absolutely. But the whiskey sounds great. Yep. And uh, what would your walkout song be? Uh, my Head's in Mississippi by ZZ Top. I'm shuffling through the Texas sand that my head's in Mississippi. I'm, I'm, I'm the missing member of ZZ Top, by the well, way. Well, you know, and I know on the podcast people won't see you, but if people do look you up on LinkedIn, we'll include a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people can connect with you if they want. But, um, but yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, especially when you've got the hat on as well. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you've got the word Texas in there, which is kind of, or Texas, kind of sounds like Texas. And, if, you, if you say it quickly enough. Yeah, exactly. Right? If you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would you choose? Sir Ernest Shackleton, David Attenborough, and Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou was an American uh, civil rights worker, but she was also a, an actor, a poet, and a prostitute at one time. Okay. She singularly created one of my favourite quotes of all time, business quotes, which was, people might forget what you did. And they might forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. No, I know the quote. Obviously, I know the quote like I think yeah. everybody does, but I just didn't, the name yeah. just didn't ring a bell there. Well, that's her, Maya Angelou. There's many others. I, I, I could have built that into a list of 103, but they're, they would certainly be. That many. sounds like it'd be a very, very uh, deep and thoughtful discussion over dinner with those people. Well, I'm a, a deep and thoughtful kind of guy. See, I would just pick three people I think would be good fun to get drunk with. So, <laughs> well, well I, I'm guaranteed to be on that list then, aren't I? <laughs> okay, if you could have any superhero power, what power would you have? My first thought was something like invisibility, but I don't see that as being too useful. I mean, is, is the ability to heal others, is that a... That's a good one. Is that a superpower? That's a good one. Yeah. Take pain away, something like that. Yeah, that's a really good one, actually, to take someone's... I, I sound really cheesy, but I mean it. It's, it's an X-Men character that does that, doesn't she? She can heal people, but it, it damages her in the process, I think. Rob, that we had from Briganti a couple of weeks back, he said something really interesting there, too, is he said that his superpower would like to be able to say the right thing in every situation. That's, that's a, really that's interesting, actually. That would have got me a, a hell of a lot of slaps when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? I'm a firm believer that no one ever wins a fight in the first place. So, I think fighting is wrong. 
and that's as a former professional fighter myself. But it's quite difficult, and I think I'd go with the wee horses because a, a horse-sized duck would be a whole handful of trouble, I think. Yeah, I think it would be. But a hundred duck-sized horses, mm. that's a lot of tiny little horses. Ah, but they'll not be as fast as a big horse, and they'll never catch me. That's true. <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Oh, probably I would tell him, don't join the police force. I joined the police force as a young man, and it was a schoolboy ambition for me. And I felt a million dollars, but I quickly realized that it was the worst job in the world and almost uh, destroyed me mentally. So I would tell myself, don't do it. Interesting. If you had a time machine, would you rather travel to the past or to the future? Oh, the obvious one is to travel to half past eight tomorrow night to find out what the lottery numbers are high. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the future intrigues me, but there are so many things that as I get older that I think back on and things that I wish I'd done that I haven't done and that perhaps I'm not as able to do now as I would have at one time. So I would, I would probably go back. I think sometimes it's better not to know the future. But I think there's things that have happened in the past, either special occasions or memories that might be, it'd be nice to revisit. You know, if you go mm. back and you know spend some time with a family member that's not no longer around, or in a, you know some yeah. that kind of stuff. I think most people would probably say say the past. I think, yeah, I'm with you in that mm. one. And uh, the final question is that I mean, this is the TechSS podcast, and you know, it's about using technology to help businesses to become more successful. So what, in your words, what does TechSess look like to you or what does that mean? The world has been slowly transitioning to an entirely cloud-based infrastructure for many years now. But in March last year, with the advent of the pandemic, it forced businesses that had been avoiding it to do it overnight pretty much. And I hear people talk about going back to normal, but I don't believe that the world will ever go back to normal. And I also don't believe in this new normal stuff. I think the world has just changed, and it's changed probably for the better. And so I, I think a wider and stronger adoption of cloud-based technologies is already here, but it's only, it's only going to get better and stronger and, and more secure as the years move on. Do you think businesses have a a much deeper appreciation for technology after the last year? If they don't, then they're, they're probably struggling because I, I, I wrote a, an article towards the end of last year about how MSPs uh, were your other emergency service. The way that MSPs handled an overnight almost transition to get businesses, employees working from home was nothing short of miraculous. It was incredible. And I was, I've never been so proud to be a, a member of the IT industry as I was at that time. And yet, Nicola never asked us to stand outside at 8 o'clock every Thursday night yeah. and give a round of applause to MSPs. And, and I thought that was entirely wrong. We were completely, our, our, our industry was completely bypassed. And it was us that saved the world at that time, literally. I mean, I, I certainly remember having a, a couple of text messages at kind of all weird and wonderful times of the evening and weekends from customers that I, I could speak to, you know, on a regular basis and whatever. But I had these texts out the blue just saying, just want to say 
thank you to you guys for getting our workforce yeah. up and running. You've yeah. made it easy. Like if we, if you guys hadn't been here, I don't know what we'd have done, how we'd have got, you know, carried mm. on operating when everyone was working from home. Um, so I think that no. just goes to show that, you know, people actually did maybe sit up and realize and say, hey, actually, you know, we should maybe give a bit of credit to technology and, and not just us, but all other IT businesses out there that certainly it was our busiest week, I think, ever in our help desk, the week that, that yeah. locked, the first week of lockdown was insanely busy. And as I say, I think my heart was bursting with pride for my colleagues in the IT industry at that time because literally they became an emergency service and, and were outstanding in their professionalism. Outstanding. So aye, hats off to everyone else. Well said. And I agree totally agree with everything you've said there. So um I thought you might <laughs> <laughs> you know shadow IT businesses or departments or staff setting things up like creating a Dropbox account, for example, that's not known to the business or not known to the, the owners of the business. It's not because people are deliberately trying to cause harm. They're just trying to do their job right. People are just taking those shortcuts because they, they're on and do the job. And they, like you say, they find a solution, they set it up themselves or they start using some devices that are not known about or you know set up some sort yeah. of SaaS account. Part of, part of the problem is that the, if a department head goes through the traditional channels, i.e. approaches an IT department or an MSP to ask them to approve productivity app for their teams, then quite often that can take several weeks for IT to get around to doing that. And department heads don't have that luxury. And especially during lockdown, what they've done is because they've got geographically disparate teams to manage, if they can find a productivity app that's going to help their teams to uh, collaborate better from such uh, geographically spread areas, then then they'll go ahead and they'll do it. And, and they'll do it because there's a potential conflict between productivity and IT then. So the way to manage that initially is that IT MSPs need to not just be speaking to owners and finance directors and IT directors of business, but they need to be making sure that department heads know who they are and, and that they're there to help and to ask questions and to, you know, if they're going to be looking at an app, then at least get IT to check it out and make sure it's secure and install it or configure it correctly so that it poses less of a risk or zero risk if possible. So I, shadow IT is the big one in the future. I heard it here, the new kid on the block, Shadow IT. I mean, I've been aware of it for, for, for quite a while. I'm, I'm not one, some, one in your category of IT providers that have just become aware of it. But I guess certainly uh, becoming more conscious of it. And certainly since our chat kind of offline, where we talked a little bit more techie than we are, we are here yeah, um, yeah. about the problem and what IT companies can do to, I guess, to fix it. You know, I guess, uh, like you've said, the biggest problem is becoming aware of it like finding out about it in the first place. Because you can't obviously do anything that you don't know anything about. So I think that's been the, the problem, hardest problem, thing. That's the part of the problem. Yeah. The part of the problem is that traditional MSP tools can't find these things. So MSPs aren't equipped to actually detect or find them. So that's what you know I'm trying to achieve here. I'm interested to find out more about that. And uh, I guess watch this space, I guess, um, when it comes to Shadow yes. IT. Well, maybe you have to uh, get you back on for a, a future Shadow IT special. We can talk more about that. Yeah, that'd be great. But, uh, but I really appreciate your time, Craig. It's been great. 
um, chatting to you as always. You know, for you sharing your insights about the world of IT and uh, and yourself as well, because you're an interesting guy. So uh, it was uh, good listening to you and asking you the you're, questions. You're just saying that, so as well, by you asking. <laughs> really appreciate your time. So thanks for joining me. Not at all. Thank you very much indeed. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk.